Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm the man on the mountain who says, come on up, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's lovely to have you here. And I'm the ploughman in the valley with a face full of mud. <laughs> lovely stuff. That's the voice of Luke Moore. He's here. Just the two of us. It is, isn't it? We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. We're going to have a go. The formidable strike force of the Football Ramble, the, the Moore and Speller partnership, and what you thinking, will listeners, never be broken. At least they've got their best two on it. <laughs> It might only be two of them, but at least it's those two. I agree. <laughs> Keenan Skulls, whatever you want. Yeah. But, you know... I'm shuffle my chair a little uh, bit, yeah. Finally, I know what you're thinking, listen. So much space. The football ramble has got rid of the deadwood. Finally, I get a chance to actually speak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. It's the first time that uh, we've only done this with, with just the two of us, two ramblers. But, but in the words of Emil Heskey, chill. We got this. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> We're going we're gonna to have a lot more of your wonderful contributions, listeners. Thank you very much for them. And we're going to start with an email from a chap called Colin Dunn from New Hampshire. One of our American cousins, eh? Yeah. Um, Lovely part of the world. He, uh, I should say that he mentioned that Clint Dempsey banged a G the other day and won his first C. Yeah, I saw that. His first was... piece of silverware in his career. I did, yeah. Their equivalent of the FA Cup. Is it the Open Cup? I believe like so. US Open Cup, yeah. Yeah, they, um, I also saw a video while we're on this subject of Clint Dempsey... Uh, I'm freestyling here, by the way. Yeah. It's not on the running order. Much like Clint Dempsey, I'm freestyling <laughs> here. Um, of him rapping at the launch of FIFA 15 in <laughs> in uh, in the US. And I'll just end that little anecdote by saying I wanted it to be good. Yeah. <laughs> 
There you go. I, I mean, really that do. shows how topsy-turvy this show is. We're already talking about the US. We haven't even gone to the Premier League and finished yeah. with Europe yet. Yeah. But it was an email from Colin Dunn, and he's asking us what our favourite stadiums are. Mm, good one. Good question. Let's, Luke, not, let's not be boring. Let's not. Because obviously, I, my. Time Castle. My much. Yeah. <laughs> my much celebrated football career yep. started on, on the terraces of Fratton Park, as we all know. <laughs> uh, but I won't talk about that one. I think mine is probably the Olympic Stadium in Berlin. That's an excellent start. Yeah, I think, I think I've been there. We're going, well, we're going there again in November. In, um, I believe so. Which yeah. will be great, hopefully. Is that a kind of Coliseum affair on the outside? It is, yeah. yeah. You're not being there? I have, actually, but it wasn't for a football match. Right, OK. Oh, really? Enough said. <laughs> OK. And I wasn't there in the late 30s for a rally, by the no, way. No, OK, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the reason I liked it is because, um, you tr- well, first of all, you're treated really well. It's a great, it's a great walk up to the stadium. Yeah. The atmosphere outside the stadium is very mm. good, which is also important. Um, the beers are large and plentiful, <laughs> and you can drink them pitch side yeah. and um, you get a uh, when I was there you got a, a plastic stein yeah. and each stein had a different Hertz what you're Berlin. miming there is quite enormous yeah it was big yeah. it was big and each stein had a different Hertha Berlin player on it that's good so you go oh I've got so and so or whatever and, yeah. and, um, oh he left us last year <laughs> yeah, no, they changed him they update him <laughs> right. um, and um, when I was there it was for a game against Wolfsburg and um, it was only about half full actually but the noise was still pretty incredible Yeah, and we were right above the ultras behind um behind one of the goals and mm. they never stop singing you have the old guy with the megaphone the orchestra and the chants yeah. and stuff which is something they don't do enough in English football I have to say yeah so but that, this is kind of a stadium experience this is not just pure out and out stadium yeah, the, the structure the experience, the experience. yeah I like that it's a fair question oh, you, do, you want me to talk about the structure no I've just th- that's where you've taken the question because yeah. Colin didn't, uh, didn't specify that some of the questions will be interpreted <laughs> I think they all will be yeah. <laughs> for, for the sake of everybody involved what's yours then um, uh, are you going for the one we must have a couple more well, I'll tell you what, I'll chip in then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to take you to South America, as, as, we, as we must. I've been to, um, as it's nicknamed, the chocolate box, the, the Bombonera. The Bombonera. Uh, where the Boca Juniors play. Mm. And, I mean, if we're talking in terms of uh, infrastructure, we, 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 Lou. <laughs> yeah. It would be on the list. <laughs> yeah. I mean, genuinely, Tynecastle Heart Stadium is better than that. Yeah. If you're talking about in terms of pure... That's the only way it's better than that. Is <laughs> well, that hang fair? on. <laughs> um, but, but if we're talking about stadium experience and all that kind of stuff, that is something else. It really It's an odd stadium if you've ever seen a, a picture of it or seen a match yourselves. Very sheer, very uh, high. It's, yeah. it, is, it is very high indeed, but it, it's not as... Um, it, it's the, 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 the attendance, the capacity is not as big as you, you'd think because on one side, in one side of the pitch, you've got... It's all boxes, yeah, it's quite odd, really. I've seen that. It's quite yeah. unique, but the, but the, the atmosphere is absolutely incredible. Yeah, it's just, just just constant noise. The it? fans behind one of the goals, they I mean, the whole thing's just moving the yeah. whole time. It's just bouncy, bouncy. Yeah, um, I, I nearly got pissed on. <laughs> it's the only stadium I can say that in. Yeah, uh, and that's from a high. That's not someone trying to do it on my side of my leg. Yeah, um, yeah. They stupidly put the away. I think I've said this before in the round, but they put the away fans above yeah. us, you know. But in, in, sure, in, in in terms of sheer atmosphere, that would be um, that'd be well up there. I've been to the Maracanã. Yeah, of course. That's got to get a mensch, even yeah. though it wasn't finished when I was there. But the, again, the party atmosphere, the whole thing, being at the Maracanã. Yeah, you can't argue with that. You can't argue with that. I, I remember quite vividly. We went to see a game in the Rio Cup, which is a bit of a party anyway, and 
you're saying like people serving you drinks and all that kind of stuff. It's it's not so organised there. But I just remember this little. Well, you don't get served drinks at Olympic Stadium. You have to go and get them. Uh, You you can drink in front of the game, but you can't do it in England. Well, okay, you kind of get served drinks at uh, the American Art in the sense that there's um there's a guy selling them who comes to you. But every now and then, this little guy with his little face. He was probably in his sort of fifties, sixties, but tiny little bloke with the with the sweetest face and the nicest little moustache, and he would just suddenly appear in front of my mate and I, smiling with his arms wide open yeah. which compelled us to buy all the stuff that he had going you're in the American art yeah, pretty much what he yeah. was saying I think I was drunk on Tampico I think it was the orange yeah. juice if anyone's ever had that sugar filled to the max but also I saw um, the other side of the stadium I saw a couple of guys dressed up as superheroes there was a Batman oh, yeah. who was just running around the empty seats <laughs> on his own <laughs> which is Possibly the best thing I've seen at a football match. Um, mentioned for the new Camp as well, of course. The fir- the f- if you've never been to the new Camp, seriously go, because the first time you go to that stadium, it's something else. Yeah, I agree. It's it fantastic. really is. I mean, when, you, when you're right on the top tier... As we were. Yeah, as, as, as we've been. Surrounded by people smoking weed, yeah. yeah. It's like it's like, <laughs> so um, it's like watching a game of kickoff. For those of you of a certain age who remember that computer game. Much better, though. Depending on who you're watching, but yeah, usually, <laughs> yeah, usually a Barcelona side is much better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, so there we go, um, Colin. We mentioned a few there. We've both got the points. Yeah, that's because <laughs> the other two haven't turned up. That's it. So, um, so th- yeah, we're going to do a, a sort of fairly regular show as, as normal, but um, drop in some of your um, wonderful questions and suggestions. Listeners, think of yourself as the third and the fourth rambler, if you could. Yeah, we're not going to leave you right to the end this time. Well, Dan Polidano's. Um, I'm going to start off with something that he's put. He said one hour on Scott. Football, please. That's ambitious. The listeners have spoken. To be fair, they have voted to stay as part of the union, so we should be paying them attention still. Yeah, I think we should. Mm. I think we should very much. We're so not going to, are we? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? Kenny Monroe asked me, saying, um, What way would Craigie Brun have voted in the referendum? I'd have to leave that to you, mate. Well, he said, well, Craig Brown, I, you know, if you'd have spoken to him about that, he would have talked up both sides. <laughs> yeah. And then said, But I think it'll be a nothing, nothing, nothing result. There you go. <laughs> There you go. Let's get us off to a good start. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's always yeah. a fallback option. It is, isn't it? Craigie Brown. Well, speaking of fallbacks, Alexander Bryant said, "Topic for the ramble: World Cup 2002. Special focus on Sven, please." Ta. Yeah. That's what you need. I love the way the listeners <laughs> get a chance to choose the stuff they can, we will talk about. You're but, doing this, but they choose the same stuff. You're doing yeah. it. It, must, it means we must be doing something right. It's like the Stockholm syndrome, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Marvellous. Well, <laughs> let's let's kick off with the Premier League. We have to. Um, Leicester five, Man United three. Yeah. My giddy aunt. When you're thinking to yourself, oh, there's only two of us on the show. Wonder how many talking points we'll have. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you very I, much. I, I was ruddy um, hell. I didn't think this would happen, but about oh, well, just after the first game on Sunday, obviously Man City Chelsea's about to start. I was thinking, I don't know if I'm up for this. <laughs> I, I don't know if I can get up for this now. <laughs> Because I was just buzzing off Leicester City, man. You know, Super Sunday, very much so. I think we can. There you go. Because I think that we'll come on to this in a minute. I'm sure, but mm. I think the Man City Chelsea game was a much better game than was given credit for because of what happened before it. Yeah, yeah. If that had just been stuck, if that was the first game, mm. you'd be going, "That's a great game," you know. Or if that was a Monday night game, you'd be really happy with that. But because the Leicester City Man United game was so good, in a, in a slightly different way, you would argue. Yeah, you almost didn't get the credit at the City game. But the two, two totally different games, and, yeah, and that's the beauty of football. One is an absolute goal fest, where there's mistakes galore. Um, there's some wonderful moments of quality. City versus Manchester City versus Chelsea is very much a stalemate. It's a tactical, much more of an obvious tactical there's, and affair there's, going there's on. There's plenty to enjoy, but in, as you say, in like a different way. Totally, yeah. But um, 
I'm really pleased that, um, that the front three... That, well, first of all, I'm really pleased that Nigel Pearson, who is a hard man... Oh, yeah. Can we just say, he's never really... I know they haven't been in the Premier League that long, but I hope he starts to become more a part of the conversation on the whole hardest managers debate, which comes up every so often. We, we'll, we'll reconvene on that soon. Because Pearson is a, is a strong, silent type. Yeah, he is. And, and, and I like how he sits up in the stands. Yeah. Reminds me of a, a man we often mention is Big Walter. Yeah. Walter Smith. Again, strong silent type, sit up in the stands. Diego Simeone. Just Because he on. has to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing silent about yeah. that, man. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Yeah. But I, He'll I, be back down soon. So, yeah, so I really like the way that Pearson played with three strikers um, <clears throat> against Manchester United because that was a brave thing to do. And, of course, Nugent can slot in there and, and help out in midfield. Mm. And Ajoa can hold the ball up very well. And Vardy's, of course, got lots of pace. He but was involved in a lot of things. Those yeah. front three are such a dynamic front three that... I think Leicester. I'm starting to think Leicester mm. might be a little bit better than people are giving them credit for, mm. and they might because it, I'm not sure if it was on here on here that I said this at the start of the season. Leicester's start was so tough, so tough. Well, we said that we were worried that they might only get a point from yeah. the first five games. Yeah. Are they up to seventh? I they think? are. They are. They're in seventh. I mean, yeah. incredible. Yeah, they got they got eight points. I think already oh, after a really tough start. Now, how much does that galvanise you? How much self belief right. does that give? Oh, the confidence they'll the take players. is amazing, and and and, um, and they're they're enjoying it. They are. And they, these aren't just one nils, or you know they've got a, um, a, a, a scrappy point. That, well, okay, they beat Stoke one nil. Was it the other week? Yeah, and um, and so on. But beat scoring five goals in a game. Everyone's had a bloody good time. <laughs> they have, haven't they? Just, yeah, have enjoyed it. The fans are, are, are enjoying it already. Confidence will be sky high. My goodness. Let's hope they don't do a hull. No, you know, yeah. under Phil Brown. Well, don't bother get any points yeah. for us. They get to Christmas, yeah, um, with one almighty hangover, and it takes them about five months to clear it. The whole, no, the whole city season was, yeah, they got to Christmas fl- absolutely flying like a dog with two dicks. Couldn't believe their luck. Right, last four or five months of the season, I think they picked up like one yeah. win or one point or something. Mm. We stayed Everyone up, took their annual leave. Let's have a sing song, <laughs> wasn't it? Phil Brown, let's have a sing song. Yeah. You can't remember your last win, but let's have a sing song anyway. If you put the hard work in, yeah. you don't have to after a while. It was the football equivalent of when a sprinter in the Olympic 100 mm. meter first round. He won it. Yeah, he just like, slows yeah. up for the end, gets caught, but just about makes it. Yeah, right. yeah amazing. But anyway, yeah, so Leicester, I thought that, um, I mean, of course, you need to touch on the fact that uh, I'm sure you agree that that penalty decision was really changed the momentum of the game. It did. Uh, some people say, "Ah, oh, but you know, it was good that Van Hal didn't mention it." Yes, it was because it, it, the referee didn't cause a number of Manchester United players to make mistakes after that. Yeah. But it is true that those decisions, no matter what people say, they, they do make a difference mm. to the game. Manchester United actually played quite well in the first half, and and everybody watching, I'm sure, thought, "Oh, well, you know, off the back of the four nil win against QPR and, and one or two others, are, are they back? Are they clicking? Mm. Yeah, they're getting in their stride." It was good. QPR to see. are not a measure. <laughs> <laughs> right. Keep yeah. it away from home. <laughs> yeah. uh, not a measure for anybody's standards. But uh, you saw Falcao when he left his man for dead, when he hit the bar with that great effort. Yeah. Di Maria scoring a wonderful goal. Scoop. Exactly. A slip and a scoop. We can we can categorically confirm, because mm. a lot of people have asked us about this. Yep. I agree with you, Marcus. I'm, and I'm relieved that you've you told <laughs> it that way. A slip and a scoop. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, Di Maria scored a great goal. Rooney and him are, uh, are, are linking up there. Mm. Van Persie scored. You suddenly think, "Oh, here we go." Yeah. Now, now Manchester United are beginning to play. Now, who knows? You know, chaos theory comes into it. We'll never know if if the referee hadn't have given a penalty there, but he did. And at three-two, you know, 
the difference steps up yeah and 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 away we go and the game changes manchester united start to to worry a little bit leicester suddenly go flying forward it it did change the game there's no, there's no two ways about that and it wasn't a penalty and it was a foul on, on rafael yeah you got to remember as but a these striker, things will happen in football they will and as a striker a striker is always going to do that if a striker doesn't do that He's not doing his job properly. He's got to take a chance. You know, you know better than I do. A striker will always run around the back of a defender in case he misses a header. A striker will always go in for a challenge just in case he gets away with it. Because mm. it, look, at, look at Ian Wright's career. Nine times out of ten, he won't get away with yeah. it. Nine times out of ten, it will be a lost cause. Yeah. But he changes the game there. And the referee has made a, made a mistake. I agree with you. He made a mistake. It probably was a penalty, but the, the foul beforehand... Do you think it was? I think it was, yeah. Okay. The foul bef- but the, it was a soft one, but I think it probably Definite was. Definite foul beforehand. Yeah, definitely. Oh, definitely. But the, he's made the referee make a decision, as you say. Well, it's a number of actions that have happened. So, so there are a number of things to blame. Of course, the referee's got the ultimate discretion, but Vardy's made the challenge. Raphael has known he's coming in, and rather than barge him, he's gone to take the foul. Assuming mm. he'll get a foul. Most mm. cases, like I say, 99 times out of 100, he gets that decision. But secondly, Raphael's not kept his head and no. tried to defend properly. He's brought him down, however soft it is, and, um, and obviously the referee gave a penalty. When Nugent put that away and then Cambiasso pounced to make it, it was Cambiasso who got the <laughs> equaliser. Glorious wasn't it? See Cambiasso. It was score. really poor defending by United. It was, it was, very it, poor. was it was like um, that one decision completely informed the rest of their play for the rest of the game. Yeah, it was it was incredible. They're such a top heavy side; it's unbelievable. Mm. It, I've never seen a team I can think of in in, in the Premier League that that attack with such force with the players they've got. And they will go on to score loads of goals this season, you know, I'm sure of that. Mm. But defend so poorly. They've got no link between their attack and the defence and they've got no confidence in their defence either. No. And if you look at someone like... See, I didn't think Tyler Blackett played that badly. I thought he did okay. Mm. Of course, he was sent off and, and he made a mistake or two, but it's no environment for a player of that experience no, to be no. playing. And Marcus Rocco was completely anonymous. He was poor, I thought. I think United have signed him because they think he's tough. Because he's got tattoos and he's Argentinian, he's not tough. No, I think Van Hal signed him pretty much on the on the basis of the semi final. Mm. But in that rationale, he should have gone for Ron Vlaar. Yeah, right. You well, know. there was talk of that. There was yeah. talk of that. But um, but but you do, you know, as you say, worry but, for your Manchester United defence because in previous seasons, Blackett would have come in and he'd have had Ferdinand or Vidic yeah, to shepherd him exactly. through the game. Exactly. And you've got to look at um, the classic. Of course, they're Manchester United. They should be doing better. They should have strengthened at the back. I think they probably tried to and they couldn't get the players they wanted. Mm. Um, so that's what's happened now. They're stuck with the players they've got. But if you look at Tyler Blackett, it's easy to get on, on his back, but. He's coming in not only in a really difficult time for United in general, but he's got no real experience around him of any note. I mean, and all eyes are on Evans, Manchester United, as yeah. they always are. He's also playing against a rapido yeah. quick striker, which is what no one wants. It, yeah, it doesn't at matter. Any level. It doesn't matter how old or, or how much a player is. You can't legislate for, for pace like mm. that. And if someone's sprinting at you, they could be a non-league player, which of course he was not that long ago, yeah, or certainly maybe not non-league for, football, yeah. whatever it was. I forget. Um, and he's absolutely skinned him. But um, you know, for Vardy's goal when he made it four three, as Danny Murphy said on Match of the Day, I think it was, it was Wayne Rooney was nearly back there trying to sort it out. And you can see Rooney's frustration. This is the problem with Rooney. I've, now I've talked in the past about how the, being the captain of United may, may signal, signal a resurgence in, in, United, in Rooney's career, but he's still in danger of falling into that trap of trying to do it all himself. You see him after one of the goals, he was going crazy, mm. having to go at everyone and stuff. And of course, that is your role in part as a captain. But it's a fine line between trying to do it all yourself and digging everyone out um, when you've actually got to got to step up and, and be encouraging and, and, and give constructive criticism. United, um, I think they're at home to West Ham at the weekend, mm. um, which if Nick goes without saying is a, is a must win for them. I mean, they've, they've really got to start, because that's going to affect their confidence badly, and they, can't, they just cannot stop conceding goals. You, they, go on, sorry. I was just saying, they, they, just, they find it um, 
difficult to defend as a unit, as, as to sort of talk to each other and do what they should be doing as a defensive unit. Because when you play in that position, you're not just an individual. I'm going to talk a bit more about individuals in football in a minute because someone's emailed us about it. Mm. But you're part of a unit. You're part of a team. You're almost part of a team within a team. Yep. And you've got to communicate with each other. And I'm sure they do on the training ground and stuff. But you can't let it all go to pieces mm. as soon as a referee decision goes against you or you don't have a great start. Or It's the same with Liverpool, which we'll talk about in a bit. You, you need to make decisions almost as a unit. And they don't do that at all, chiefly because they've got no experience. They've got players who either aren't good enough, aren't experienced enough, or aren't used to the league. And that's a terrible combination. Yeah, and, and I wonder, though, as well, that is De Gea the type of keeper to bark instructions to that back line and, and help out there, you know, because if yeah. he's not doing that so much, I don't know if he's or not, but he doesn't have the aura of someone that does. Mm. If you've got a back three or a back four, they're a little bit in and out. Rocco's just just signed for them recently. Who's taking responsibility, which is, which is why, actually, you think to yourself, oh, maybe they should have... I forget the ins and outs. I think he was, he was, he was going quite a bit before anyway. But that might have been an idea of kept Rio Ferdinand on for another year. Well, Just, Ferdinand seems to maintain that he was essentially forced out. Yeah, which which seems strange because his his ability, obviously, he's you know he's a bit older now, um, and his pace maybe isn't isn't quite so much. There. But the experience against but a team like Leicester, the experience and yeah. a calm head and someone who's going to organise it a bit more. He's not been great for QPR, though, Ferdinand. <laughs> season, <laughs> no, but even you know Phil Jones and Chris Small and people perhaps been surprised that they haven't um, they haven't learn as quickly and developed as quickly as they may have hoped you could you could argue there but Johnny Evans as well is another one but again Johnny Evans is playing in partnerships with Vidic and Ferdinand yeah. and you can say well come on step up but it, it just it all seems so sudden you know and under Moyes it was obviously pretty not disastrous but it wasn't great so yeah I, I think they'll probably rue letting Vidic and Ferdinand go at the, at the same time oh that goes without saying yeah and um, just just on this um on this thing we've touched on here Oscar Wen and John Proven have both emailed in or coming through Facebook actually saying <clears throat> Oscar says why do you think there have been so many games with big or crazy scores over the last few seasons compared to those of your especially involving the big teams playing each other do you think this is simply due to a decline in the number of top class defenders are more indicative of an underlying shift in managerial philosophy. And John Proven says, why is it there are loads of brilliant forward players in today's game and relatively decent defensive, uh, relatively few decent defensive players? I sort of bracketed them up together because I think they're sort yeah. of similar, similar questions, really. I think it's actually... Basically, why are big scores back? Yeah, indeed, as Jim would say. <laughs> bully for big scores. Yeah, <laughs> I, I find it really interesting that now we're, we are, in, in my mind, moving towards a, a culture of the individual in football. So <clears throat> whether that is through the increased attention on um, computer games, stuff mm-hmm. like that, a chance for you to, to become the guy who beats everyone's scores and, yeah. and, and you play an individual character in a computer game, or whether it's an increased attention on the PFA awards, stuff like that. It seems to me that individualism in the society in, as a whole is much more focused upon, mm. which means that you get a lot of people who grow up now like I said to you before about Raheem Sterling okay, yeah. and Daniel Sturridge, those sort of players, they seem to me like players who've grown up playing FIFA, playing yeah. those sort of games. And, and, and in many ways it benefits them because they try skills they wouldn't have tried before. Mm. They take influence from all over the world, not just mm-hmm. in the Premier League where they hoof it around yep. or in English football where they hoof it around. But it means that actually if you become a defender, you're not going to get all the plaudits. Yeah. You're not going to get the, the highlights and the headlines. And so maybe people don't want to be defenders as much as they used to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you see a lot more attacking players available mm-hmm. because it's not really that easy to to come up with a list of, say, 15 or 20 amazing top-quality defenders. Yeah. But the amount of attacking players are around is incredible compared to, compared to that, don't you think? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, uh, and, and going on from your talk about individuality and the increased 
pressure and scrutiny and, and media eye on that. I mean, Messi and Ronaldo. Hmm. So much to talk about. It's always Messi via Ronaldo, Messi via Ronaldo. It's always about who's the best player, isn't it? But uh, Messi, look at the players in that team. Hmm. You know, that, that classic, I mean, they're already a classic side. It was hmm. only a few years ago. And Ronaldo in a team full of uh, world beaters as well. Yet it's billed as, as one individual against the other. Um, I think that might there be an argument that if you look at defenders as well, Europe or, or Northern Europe, Britain, perhaps, more specifically, has woken up to the attacking fullback idea. Mm. And so, uh, I mean, fullbacks, obviously, in, in South America are always much more attacking anyway. But the, the, the fullbacks, certainly, I mean, Jack Charlton said in the 1990 World Cup, or 94, certainly, around that time, that the fullback was the most important area on the pitch because they are the ones who had the space in front of them. So perhaps you've had new ideas of fullbacks coming through as being more attacking. So therefore, you've only got two defenders left on the pitch, yeah. really, the guys who are out-and-out out defenders. So there's just less of them. But maybe it's just, I mean, it could just be that's the way things have gone. It's an unexplainable one. You could argue, why do we not have um, so many top-class goalkeepers as well at the moment, which may be an argument to, to more goals, perhaps. Um, more attacking philosophies with, with coaches. I mean, the World Cup recently was yeah. extraordinary compared but, uh, to the well, previous World Cup. But the previous World Cup in 2010, coaches were far more cautious. But if you take it into the World Cup, then you, you have to look at whether, because managers get less time with the players for a World Cup, do they think, well, we won't focus as much on that, we'll focus more on scoring? Or well, do you think we'll focus more on keeping it tight? Well, so in 2010, it was definitely keep it tight, wasn't yeah. it? The four-two-three-one was... I mean, it's still a, a formation that's very, very prevalent now. But in, in 2010, it was a very cautious 4-2-3-1. Hmm. Um, whereas in, in World Cup, maybe maybe the fact it was in Brazil, everyone's, yeah. had a few, everyone's been on the cocktail. <laughs> you know, bollocks, let's go for the it. spirit of Ronaldinho. <laughs> um, I mean, who knows, really? I think it's more to do with a culture of individuals than personally. Yeah, I think you're onto something there. There is a definite lack of defenders, which was the point I made the other week about David Luiz, which is why he went for so much. Yeah. Um, you know, make what you will about that, but but defenders really are at a premium yeah. at the moment, and it, it's quite extraordinary to see. I mean, if you just take the English national team, what you know, I'm sure most English supporters wouldn't do for a top top class centre back. Yeah. I'd rather, to be perfectly honest with you, I'd rather a Jerome Boateng yeah. for Engl- who's be English than. I don't know, uh, someone like Ibrahimovic right. or something like that. Because I think England need a player, a, a centre-back. You know, Cahill is, is decent. He's had, he's had a very but, good Chelsea career. But, but, but you compare that to England, you know, five to ten years I mean, ago, we whatever did that it was. Well. We did defending well, yeah. yeah we actually did. Yeah. Un, well, there's, there's your 2002 reference under yeah. Ols Fenigans. You yeah. know, he actually organised the back line very well. Yeah. But he had Ferdinand. Uh, you know, Carragher couldn't get in the team. But King, you, couldn't, King didn't really much get in the team. Woodgate was obviously injured a lot, but again, these but, players... But do you not think that everywhere you look in football coverage these days, whether it be through... Uh, look at advertising campaigns. Mm. They're all with certain star players, aren't they? Yeah, They're, true. There's always, if you look at computer games, there's a lot of talk about what play, mm. who, which player is going to be on the front of which version <laughs> of which game. Yeah. There's always talk about um, who's the best player in the world. Yeah. There's always talk about um, who's going to win the PFA award. Yeah. You, yeah, you, yeah. I mean, how often compared to well, the, statistics now? I mean, we're in the, the age of statistics. Yeah, the assists, this the done assists, this, and the goals. This and that's player's what, done that. But how often have you heard the conversation? Who's the best team in the world? <clears> Nowhere yeah. near as much They're you've heard who's little. the best player in the world. So therefore, attacking players are much more geared towards that yeah. you don't you rarely get I mean you rarely get a defender being credited and praised mm-hmm. as one of the best players in the world just for being a defender mm. I mean yeah Cannavaro won the world player of the year when he Italy did. won it in 2006 mm. it doesn't happen that often that was very rare but I, th- I think also that, I mean might there be you know where do footballers normally come from they're normally working class backgrounds in this country anyway I'd have thought that would probably be similar in the world 
um, if you look at the cultures of inner city football, it's very skills based, as you say. Yeah. I mean, some of the players I mean, you and I have played against not five or five pitches around London, they have been top draw. Yeah. The, the, the kind of skills that um, I would shame some professional footballers. Yeah. How do you beat them? You yeah. get you organised. Yeah. You knock the ball around. They get frustrated very quickly. Yeah. Those types of players. And actually, it, 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 so so if you if you um, if if players who are the natural picking grounds for of where footballers come from are really focused on that kind of individuality. They've got good pace. They've got good skill. They've got good technique. They, they can shoot well. All that kind of stuff. That lends itself to an attacking player. Doesn't lend itself to a defender. Mm. So, perhaps- and also the best players always go into the attacking position. So what happens is yeah. in this country, at least, if you're a good player mm. for your team at an age group, then you play in the attacking positions. Then the slowly worse players generally mm. move back and back and back. And that's why you probably have much more standout players in attacking positions as well. Mm. But that's more of a general point. That's not that's not a, that's not a trend. I think that's always been the case in this country. Sure. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting point. I mean, long may it continue though. Yeah. We're getting the big scores. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, it'll be still there. Defending the- is dead. It is dead. <laughs> <laughs> no one does it. No one bothers. You know. John, John Terry does. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. Not for much longer. <laughs> when he's gone, then the, mm. then the floodgates will really be Speaking of John Terry. Yeah, indeed. Well, uh, Manchester City won, Chelsea won. Super Frankie Lampard. I loved happen. it. I, it was great, wasn't it? A lot of people have said this, but like... Written um, in the A stars. lot of people have been annoyed with commentators saying, you couldn't have scripted it. You could. You could have easily scripted it. It's the it. easiest thing to script the, in the world. You couldn't have scripted it two years ago, but when he went to Manchester City, you could definitely script it. I think people have got... Um, you couldn't script it mixed up with, and it follows the script. <laughs> Because there are several things in that game you couldn't script, of which I won't bother going into, because it's just limited by your own imagination. Yeah, if, but if, you can script that. Yeah, if Gary Lineker suddenly went into management, chances are he'd be given the Leicester City job yeah. somewhere down the line. Yeah. But if he got given that job, I'm, I've, I've no doubt he's no interested, not interested in, in, in management. Well, don't do Nigel out of a job, he's doing all right. No, well, you know, but you get what I'm saying. In this, God, this, I just beat United 5-3. <laughs> You're unsettling him. Um, and, and if Lineker got the Leicester City job, people go, oh, you couldn't script it. Yeah. No, you could, that's, yeah. that's the one place he would definitely Another go. example. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, dear. Pete Donaldson and Jim were in the studio in the next week of the Ramble. You couldn't script it. Yeah, there's maybe more of a. Yeah. Anyway, we'll leave that there. Um, uh, yeah, Manchester City. I mean, I, I actually thought what what Jose Mourinho said about him after well, it was quite funny. He said when he um, d- decided to go to a direct competitor to Chelsea, then the love story's over. He did a, a professional job. People never forget what pe- Chelsea people do. It's, it happened to me when I was a manager of Inter because he was received very warmly when he came back to yeah. Chelsea. Did, uh, was uh, Jose Mourinho in Inter? And he said it's Chelsea's culture and beauty. Um, and to be fair to those Chelsea fans, they 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 very much applauded him when he came yeah. on the pitch and after the game as well yeah. I mean it, it would be a bit of a disgrace if they didn't yeah. do that I'd but, like to have seen him but do that's fair I'd like to see him do the BT what Lampard in front yeah. of the, or the or the Adebayor because it was up the other end yeah could have done the Adebayor yeah <laughs> that would have been good <laughs> Frank what are you doing start kissing the badge would you yeah, 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 well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> beating his chest shouting yeah. Frankie Lampard Frankie Lampard but as for the as for the game itself I thought it was a really great game for different reasons to the United game as, mm. as we've already said I thought City with, with that small team playing I know I know Pellegrini oh, yeah. really really needs to grasp the concept right if people go away to the Etihad they know they're going to be um, un- there's going to be an onslaught of very attacking and very good attacking players coming at them. Do not be surprised if you've got a backline with John Terry at the heart of it, if they're going to play a little bit deeper, like they did last season where they won 1-0, yeah. and they defend. Well, like Stoke did. There's a lo- He really needs to understand there's a lot of ways to win a football match. Yeah. You can't complain, you can't complain about that because... Um, Bro, that, learn to break them down then. Yeah, I, I think... 
I don't think Chelsea were too defensively. No, I don't I think Compared to up. last season, they weren't too bad, Chelsea. But the, the game last season where they won 1-0 was a brilliant game as well. Yes. I love Mourinho in those games, point. actually. Yeah, OK, he doesn't play the tiki-taka style. Yeah. But if everybody did, that would be a bit boring. Yeah, fair enough. You know, how he, good how good was uh, Mangala again? By the way, yeah, such a good. And well, now there's a good. That's why Mangala was thirty two million. Yeah, he three French caps, thirty two million pounds. There you go, defenders are a premium. Yeah, it's true. Those those two players just showed him and company. I mean, showed how to play against Diego Costa. He right up against him. Yeah. Don't give him a second. Of course, he had that chance where he hit the post, but he's a top quality player. He's always going to get a chance for himself, probably, isn't he? Through ninety minutes, that's yeah. just what strikers are like. Um, he's there to be wound up. But isn't they, he? Oh, he is absolutely <laughs> right. And they, they did exactly the right thing. Of course, Abel got paid, better. Zabaleta paid, paid for it with, with, yeah. with his position on the field of course but they did the right thing and, and I actually thought City were worthy of a goal because uh, when, when they, they started off really well didn't they mm. and they were unlucky not to score early on and then when they got, they got the end Milner was very good as well Milner was great and I'm, I'm so pleased Milner put in a shift like that See, there you go. It's the language. He put in a shift. Yeah. Milner didn't put in a shift. He played really well and had a lot of flair. But play. he's always going to get accused of being I know. Like well, I've just done it myself. Yeah. I don't. It's like that Twitter account, boring James Milner. Yeah. A load of rubbish. Yeah. You know, like, it's, it's harsh. I think, I think he's an excellent player. He's been a bit unfortunate at England level mm. because of the, you could argue, it's the ineptitude of other players in the squad that he's had to compensate. Yeah. That he's not been able to go and, 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 and spread those majestic wings of his. Yeah. But he, the, the, the setup for Lampard, I mean, it's a great ball over by. Silver, I think. Great run by Milner. A that's why Mourinho doesn't like Scherler, isn't it? <laughs> that's why he doesn't. Start, that's why he doesn't start Scherler. Is that right? Well, well I suppose yeah, because he uses Scherler as basically, a, as, as the hipsters would say, a false nine. Well, Scherler's got this concentration problem where he just keeps getting caught out. And Scherler's all about attack, attack, attack. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. And, and so they got caught out because he, he lost, lost lost his man. They nipped in there and scored, and, and Lampard was obviously not being picked up either. I think Chelsea have worked really hard to, to get to the position they're in. Of course, <laughs> those City were down to ten men, but they they didn't pick Lampard up. And if mm. any team knows. What to do? <laughs> yeah. You think? Well, no, he's only thirty-six. Yeah, he's, he won't. He won't make a classic yeah. Lampard run and get on the end of. Wasn't it weird to see Lampard beating John Terry to a ball did you, and slotting in? Did you see what Terry said to Lampard in the game after, after the game? What did he, he say? His hand. He looked like he when he went to shake his hand. Looked like he said, "I fucking knew it." <laughs> I thought it was quite funny. Fair enough, eh? And I enjoyed it because it wasn't racist. Yeah. <laughs> well, it couldn't have been. No, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure he would have found the way if he needed to. Um, but that was a good game, and it was also really important that, um, yeah. that City didn't lose that game, wasn't it? Because they were already a bit off the pace, mm. and they, they want to go sort of uh, more than a few points off, uh, behind them. They're, I think they're five points off them now. But it's a vital goal because when you're down to ten, you're one nil down and one man down against the team that are running, beginning to run away with it. You cannot lose that game. Mm. And and the, and the man Frank Lampard's gone in there and uh, and, and and he scored. I mean, it was. It was a it was a classic Lampard goal, drifting mm. into the box fairly late, yeah. getting on the end of it, and he and he had a chance, didn't he, to put the other one away? But he, he was, but he was afterwards. He sort of looked a bit shell shocked, and he was a bit like, yeah, it would have been, it would have been. I mean, of course, he's a professional; he's there to do a job. It's the next phase of his career mm. now. But I don't think you'd be really very empathetic as a human being if he didn't realise it was supposed to be quite odd for him. Yeah, I mean, but again. He didn't apologise. No, because he meant to do it. Yeah. He didn't. That's what I'm saying. That that celebration there. If you're going to not celebrate, just just be a bit subdued. He wasn't stopping everyone else celebrating. No, was he wasn't. He? Yeah. yeah. He, uh, very. Pro- I mean, I did look at that and I just thought, ah, oh, if 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 only he was five years younger mm. to see that him in that England squad. Do you know what I mean? Again and all. Yeah. Because actually, to see him 
playing a bit. Oh, well, anyway, pointless conversation. Uh, what am I talking about? Sorry, everybody. But technically um, speaking, all England conversations are pretty pointless. Yeah, I was going to say. He's had over, what, uh, how many caps? And I'm like, yeah. but if we only had another five years out of him. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. Um, Why don't we talk about Liverpool next? We could talk about Liverpool next. Um, let's do. Did you think, or do you think Zabaleta? It was a sending off, wasn't it? Yeah. I don't know what the commentators were talking about, saying it was harsh. I mean, I understand Neville and Carragher saying they'd like to have seen mm. the game flow a bit more. And I agree the referee did still that a bit early with his cards. But he's mm. got to follow the law. He can't. He can't he can't just let everything go because yeah. it's a big game. That's it. Um, I, don't, I don't really subscribe to the idea that you have to referee these games differently, personally. Mm. I mean, I think I think I defended Howard Webb in the World Cup final in 2010. So, yeah. well, what do you want? Yeah. What do you want from him? You know, he's got to yeah. do. He's there to do a job. That's right. The players are doing are pushing their luck. Then he's got to stamp it out. Well, you've got two very much opposing sides. Mm. You can't please. You can't please all of the people all no. the time. And but City very very obviously targeted Diego Costa and thought that mm. was the way to get at him and get mm. about him, and they did that. And you know. Fair enough, Zabaleta paid for it, but it sort of worked. I mean, the Costa didn't yeah. really... He had one chance we hit the post, I think. He had a header right at the keeper, but other than that... Yeah, I thought it was quite nice seeing the, the sky blue versus the royal blue. I found it odd. But the Chelsea awake, it's white. It is, yeah. So that would be probably more of a clash. Yeah, but I think City have got to change kit, haven't they? And they're at home. Yeah, I suppose so. Is there a third kit flying around there in that Chelsea dressing room? A football kit political hot potato is what it is. And with just the two of us, we can't possibly tackle it. No, no. Before we go to Liverpool, um, this is the thing, it was such a great weekend. I mean, we could talk about Southampton, but they've not made the cut this this week after a great result and a great start. But, um, I mean, a little mention to West Brom. Yes. Um, I mean, Patrick uh, J. Green said, why are Spurs so Spursy? They're very poor. And you know what he means as well, don't you? I mean, it's tempting to to chuck in the old old post-Europe come down thing, but I think they made 10 changes, Spurs. Yeah, they so did in the really, Europa League. Yeah, yeah, not really a huge amount of um, crossover there. They look better organised than Spurs. They, yeah. they caused them problems consistently going forward. Berahino looked lively uh, as always. And West Brom looked um, good at the back with Lescott, didn't they? Yeah, was it his debut? I think it might well have yeah, been. Yeah, he's a good sign for them. You forget about Lescott, don't you? I think the West Brom might struggle this season still, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, they might well do, but a fabulous result anyway. Mm. Um, uh, so go on then. West Ham uh, uh, three, Liverpool one. Um, I mean, there was talk on match of the day too of Sam Allardyce trying to play a different way with West Ham this season. Obviously, West Ham and, uh, and Big Sam were, were absolutely uh, given pelt. Well, Big Sam was given pelters last season for for playing in a sort of boring way, if you like. And we kind of defended him and sort of said, "Well, I mean, loath as well to defend Big Sam sometimes." But you sort of think. If he's managing your side, you'll stay in the division. Now, is that good enough? Yeah. Do you want to kick on? Do you want to sort of take the gamble? I mean, we've got a question from, um, where are we now? Josh Oro, and he says, is being a football fan about being entertained? There's, there's cases of long ball misery at West Ham and Mansfield Town. He's, mm. I'll take your word for the Mansfield stuff. I, th- I think... What do you think of the West Ham? I mean, well, he's, I th- I he's think tried to mix it up. To answer his question, I think that it depends on your outlook. I mean, mm. some I, I personally go to football games to be entertained. I, I, it's not... I love football and I, and I like watching it and stuff, but it's not the be end of my life if my team get beat. I want us to put a uh, to put a performance together and, and entertain me for for an afternoon. It's a, it's a pastime, isn't it? Mm. But some people really want to win. They always it means everything to them when their team wins, and yeah. I understand that point of view as well. But on the Big Sam thing, I mean, he's starting to play a much more progressive style this season. I think they've strengthened really well in the summer, haven't they? Their signings have been great, mm. um, and actually going into this game, I've, I previewed this game for um, for Betfair where I work. And uh, I said that I think West Ham have been unlucky. And I, thought, I genuinely thought going into that game, they've been unlucky. They've been a bit sloppy. Um, they lost at home to Spurs, of course. I think this is the first game at home they've won this season. Yeah. But they were unfortunate. Good away to Palace, of course. Yeah, they did. And, and I don't mean to get on the back of Liverpool here, but they had this coming. They had this coming. Mm. The, the bottom line is with Liverpool, 
I feel like I say it every week and I probably do so apologies they have to play with tempo if they don't play with tempo and move the ball quick and use the players that they've got in the style that Rodgers clearly prefers to play in mm. right? they won't get any success Right? that's one point they didn't do that against West Ham they were caught cold they got conceded far too early mm-hmm. obviously you never want to concede but they conceded way earlier than they would have liked of course secondly if you're going to lose that many goals in your team through Suarez going and Sturridge um, being, injured. being injured you've got to sort out your defensive problems yeah. you, because you, they've got worse at the back yeah. I'm telling you they've got worse at the back this season three, three defeats in five games in the league so far they're an I've, unconvincing win in the Champions League against poor opposition at home it's, it, you do think to yourself blimey they're not going to hit the heights of, of last season well, at I, this rate I, well, that's not gonna, I don't think that's going to happen I, I think, I think it's a, I mean, whether people admit it or not I think there's a, certainly a feeling I can detect that last season was their chance to do something really good and they didn't, they didn't make it happen for one reason or another not completely their fault Man City are a good team mm. but that was the chance they had there it was almost like a perfect storm of circumstances yeah. didn't happen fine yeah. that's how it goes you move on but um I wonder whether I'm not sure I'll be interested in how many Liverpool fans agree with me here I wonder if Brendan Rodgers has got to take a step back and go back to basics a little bit mm-hmm. I think he's trying a little bit too hard with the teams he's picking I mean he rested Sterling last week and that didn't go well in the Champions League yeah no no because he played him in the Champions League he didn't play him oh, in the sorry, league yeah. game did he? No, he well he scored against West Ham yeah, oh, you, oh, you mean sorry? Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. So he yeah, played yeah. around with that. Didn't work. He lost to Villa, didn't they? Mm. Remember? Are you with me now? Mm, sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, um, Back in the room. Then to, and at the weekend just gone. He plays his formation. He plays um, Barini up front. He's, he's not had a look in. No. Right? So he plays Barini up front with um, Balotelli. with Balotelli. For me, that's a tailor-made game for Lam- Lambert. That's what you've signed Lambert for. Yeah. Go to West Ham away. You forget Lambert. Play you? Lambert up front. Play three behind. Mm-hmm. And um, and not only is he not, in my view, playing the right right team, he changes it around after 20 minutes. Mm. You know, you're trying too hard. Go back to basics, drill your team properly at the back. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they, have to get a, they don't need to get another defensive coaching or something because they're much worse at the back from what I've seen this season than they were last season. It's interesting, Agger came out and said, you know, Rogers is a great coach and all that, but they had, they had big differences and he kind of left under a little bit of a cloud and you think... Well, someone like Agger with a bit of experience, actually, was, was that a bit of a loss? Mm. Somebody sure, well, like I've got an email, I've got a little message here from, from Josh Steer, Steer, which I'll send it your way, Marcus. Is Rogers a successful manager in the transfer market? Yeah. I, I just, I'm just trying to think of the players he signed. I mean, the fullback, Moreno, I think he brought yeah. in, seems to have been all right, yeah. uh, basing on I that think he's on, done okay. Yeah, I think he's done all right. He's been one of the better players at the back. Balotelli, you've got to say, is an interesting one. I think he has. I think he struggles to sign defensive players. Yeah, I was, well, uh, well, they were trying to get. Um, was it Lovren? Mm. They have got Lovren. Sorry, not Lovren. No, Schneidlin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Schneidlin would have been uh, perhaps a good addition in the midfield. But I mean, Lovren on paper is a good. I mean, you got to say that it is perhaps early days as well. But the one thing I'm slightly concerned about is when he said, oh, "I don't want to make. I, I want to make sure Sterling doesn't burn out, so I'll rest him." Sterling will burn out because he seems to be the only one who's going to grab a game by the scruff of the neck in that mm. team at the moment. I and mean, he took his goal superbly well. There are other ways to reduce his responsibilities, and that would be to strengthen the side around yeah, him. Yeah, well, this is what, yeah. that's the point I'm making, yeah. yeah. But I mean, what about West Ham? You know, the, I mean, the diamond in midfield seems quite fashionable at the moment. That's mm. what they were doing, and, and uh, Downing was at the top. Downing seems to be flourishing. He really enjoyed that uh, third goal, didn't he? <laughs> he did. He really enjoyed that when he played that through ball. He really mm. loved that. Yeah. I, I like to see that. I like to see, do you know what? I, to me, that celebration said... I went to Liverpool, yeah. it didn't work out for me, and now I want to prove to them that I'm good enough. <laughs> yeah. And he really enjoyed that celebration. And I, I wouldn't begrudge no him that No apology at all. there. No, I wouldn't begrudge him it. No, of course. That's part of the game. But is he one of those players? Is there, a, is there a shift now in thinking, and perhaps the diamond again lends itself to that, that, that talented players 
who can dribble with the ball and have a little bit of pace and a little bit of technique because Downey has got good attributes you know he's a decent mm. player unfortunately Downing was one of those guys who was given far too much responsibility yeah. and, was, and was put in England sides when perhaps he shouldn't have been um, so bring those players inside you know a great example was, was Danny Murphy when I think it's weird isn't it when you think about Danny Murphy's earlier career yeah. and at Spurs and, and maybe even Charlton as well if my memory serves me correctly, he's farmed out on the wing. Yeah. Fulham put him right in the centre of the park. Yeah. And he, that's where he's dictating the play. And Sterling has obviously been put in the centre now. And, 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 and Downing as well, just a, a few examples, you know. So Yes, I think West Ham have done okay. I think it's going to be a real conundrum for them when, because um, the commentator during the Liverpool game showed um, Kevin Nolan in the, in the stand and said, oh, and it's only going to get better for them when Nolan and Carroll come back. And I was thinking, mm, I'm not sure about that. Yeah. I think they might be benefiting from not having those guys. Well, having a, a more cultured player like Downing in there instead of Nolan now Nolan's a very effective player but he's not very subtle no and Carroll the problem with the Carroll thing is the politics demands that he has to play because he costs so much money but he, right. he's your man you want to bring in from the bench isn't he that's right he, he, I don't really think well, the way West Ham are playing at the moment yeah. I think they're doing okay they've made some good signings mm-hmm. they've improved their team I mm-hmm. think that Cresswell that's a great player as well yeah. at fullback um, Carroll you want to introduce him for something a bit mm-hmm. different he, unfortunately the way he plays he's, he might be destined to have his career being a bit like that Yeah, just being introduced from the bench unfortunately like that bloke who played for the England uh, field hockey team. Yes, you know, just came sure, on for the... his name. Just come on for the penalty corners. Yeah. Didn't he? <laughs> I think he's from around my neck of the world. No, no, I don't know who you mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, you're so lucky. Much... I do remember that because a very arch thing to say. <laughs> with just the two of us on the show. Yeah. Normally, you've got a bit of a safety net. So someone will remember him. <laughs> Um, again, just, uh, got to have a quick mention to Crystal Palace beating Everton mm. 3-2 away um, I love Warnock at the end of the game he just went oh a fabulous game weren't it great stuff to, great end to end stuff um, yeah it was uh, so I did, yeah I love Everton that. lost that game at home to Palace last season they did yeah, yeah. But by the same margin was it well, listen, Everton Tim and Liverpool, Howard had a bad one he did didn't he Ooh. Everton and Liverpool have got to uh, get used to playing European football didn't have it last season Everton, they really have to sort it out Everton conceded 13 goals in 5 it's games it's not been a great start for them no dear oh dear, this, oh dear. well their squad doesn't big enough it's not big enough to play in, in Europa as well yeah. and I know Martinez is the sort of guy who will want to take it seriously That's and right. it might be to the detriment of their form I thought they'd be good this season and they still might be mm. but I don't think based on that Palace game um, it doesn't look like they've adjusted so far very well to, to European football because although yeah. they had a good win against Wolfsburg that, that's worked pretty hard for it yeah absolutely um, uh, Aston Villa and Arsenal Big game at the top of the league or, or close yeah. to the top of the league. Ozil and Welbeck combining well. Nice to see. It was nice to see. That's what happens when you put Ozil in his favoured position, perhaps. Sort of six minutes of madness or something for Villa, wasn't oh, it? Like three yeah. minutes, was it? Three minutes, was it? Okay. I, it was, I love Welbeck. I think he's, he looks like a, a thoroughly good chap. Very likeable guy, yeah, definitely. And uh, it took his goal very well. Mm. An assist as well. Good for him to get off the mark for sure. Often, often running, often mm. running. So good to see those two um, to link it up as well. Um, and uh, uh, just to finish with some, some Premier League chat, Newcastle two, Hull two. Are Pardew's days numbered, or has he got a job for life? <laughs> Well, I, there were several rumours that People I'd love to talk Cise, about. People say saved his bacon yeah. there. I'm not sure. Um, a couple, I'm going to won that 4-0. Okay, yeah. <laughs> a couple of uh, tweets um, said that Pardew ignored the medical advice to play Cissé. Apparently he was told not to play him. And obviously right? it's, come, it's, it's a gamble that's paid off for him. But um, I've had loads of rumours about Pardew that I can't talk about on this show. I'd love to be able to. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it looks like he's still there for now, fighting. Yeah. Fighting. Fight obviously away. it's not... I mean, look, look you know... We all know our opinions on Pardew, but it's obviously not easy for him when he's you know, managing in that mm. sort of atmosphere. Mm. It's not going to help the team. Now, of course, I understand Newcastle fans' frustration, and their end game is to get rid of him, isn't it? Yeah. So I understand why they're doing that. I mean, it's their decision. Um, but of course, it's not an easy environment for the players or the manager, I suppose. No, no absolutely not. At least Ben Arthur didn't score. <laughs> 
Let's go to the championship. Yes, let's go to the championship. Um, Fulham nil, Blackburn one, Jordan Rhodes again. Did McGat go before or after this game? He was before. Well, there you go, see? <laughs> they only lost one nil. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, Felix McGat is all <laughs> lifting the lid. Yeah, you love this, didn't you? On your favourite uh, German manager. Um, well, he's 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 um, responded to comments because uh, Danny Murphy confirmed on Match of the Day 2 that apparently Magat said to Breda Hangeland that he should soak a lump of cheese. I forget which type of cheese. I don't know whether it matters. Yeah. Clearly it doesn't. Um, soak a lump of cheese in alcohol and put it on the uh, the injured part of the body. Yeah. And Murphy said that that is... Hangeland confirmed that that's what, what mm. happened there. Um, but Magat said, "I don't, um, I don't, re- I don't feel remorse towards anybody." He said, "I don't mean to sound big-headed, but I'm still convinced that German qualities could do English football a lot of good." How can he have remorse of anyone? No, one's, it, th- but that's not German qualities. No, that's just mental behaviour. German quality is, is winning. Yeah, but can I just pick up on what Magat said there? I don't feel any remorse or any, any grievance for anyone or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. You shouldn't do. You've come here. You've right. Let me just you kick the crap out of a load of youth for, team players. Let's just go through the fact. You've come to English football in the Premier League for a king's ransom, I presume. Right. You've blooded in quotes in a load of youth team players whose yeah. confidence will probably never be the same again. Blooded being the word. Yeah. You've, yeah. You've got them relegated, and now they're bottom of the championship with one point from eight games. All right. I won't hold it against you for sacking me. Well, good. You know what? You shouldn't because it's your fault. The, the, the least you can do is apologise. It's, it's sensational, isn't it? Mm. It's absolutely extraordinary. There were stories coming out, you may well have heard them, of, of two youth team players turning up a little bit late for training and McGat fining them so heavily that some of the senior players, mainly Scott Parker, just went to him and said, this is just ridiculous, you can't treat them like that. And Parker yeah. ended up paying the fines. They should have been on time. They, they should have been on time. No, they should have been on time, but, yeah. uh, but they're saying the level of punishment was ridiculous. Yeah. And also there, was, there were stories that McGat would ask people into his office, they'd walk in and he would just sit there eyeballing them for two or three minutes, not yeah. saying a word, just He's not very intimidating looking further, is he? No, he isn't. I heard a rumour, I don't know if it's true. You like, think, like, has he forgotten to how to speak? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's more likely. I had a room at one of his German club, clubs, and I don't know if it's true, but like he would have at the back of the training ground. Mm. I forget which club. It's a massive. I want to say that it's like a lower league club or something, but I, I, I don't really know all of the teams he's managed. Of course, he's managed in the top flight, but it, knowing him, it may well have been in the top flight. Yeah, could um, Yeah, there was a there's a massive three tiered hill at the back of the um, back of the training ground, right? Yeah. And towards the end of the training session, or however many hours they trained for, probably about eight, um, he would make them run up and down the hill yeah. up the three tier hill uh-huh. until they said until he said stop yeah. right, essentially and of course him being Felix McGat mm. it got dark I was going to say so all the players were like oh good we don't have to do it anymore because he, he won't be able to see yeah. uh, if we've got to the top or not uh, to, to which apparently McGat was like no, no 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 you have to bring me back a leaf from the tree at the top oh my god, to prove that you've done it <laughs> I'd have just sent one person up there, got yeah. 50 leads. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It's your go. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my Because it's almost like that. He, he, he prides that more importantly than mm. the actual game. Well, clearly he does because they can't buy a win. Well, he, he kicks the crap out of them and gets them to the top. I mean, oddly enough, though, his record, fairly recently, I mean, he's managed Bayern Munich. He won the double double with he, Bayern Munich. He, I th- well, there was definitely a double. I'm not I, sure th- if I it was think a double, he won double. the league and cup in 05 and 06, I think. Yeah, well, there was certainly at least one double in there, definitely. Yeah. So he won the two Bundesliga of Bayern Munich. And you might think to yourself, well, you know, it's Bayern, he should be winning the league. Still, it's a hell of an achievement. But he won the league in 2009 with Wolfsburg. I remember that, yeah. That's was that, was that not with Jekyll and Graffiti out front? That rings a bell. Yeah, yeah. That is remarkable. Yeah. So the guy clearly has some kind of pedig- pedigree. I think it's a case of, similar with Capello, 
who we all respect. Right, and there know. you go. The game's just left them behind a little bit, I think. But it's not that long ago. No, it's not. It's Capello's not. achievements and, and his best achievements were... Last uh, century, pre- previous. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But what about um, a little note f- uh, worth mentioning for Jordan Rhodes, who scored again? Yeah, Jordan Rhodes, yeah. Um, but, uh, but Fulham fans, um, I mean, there'll be much talk about who should, who should take over. Apparently, and Luke Moore, you're having this... Danny Murphy's expressed an interest in the job. Player manager Danny Murphy. I haven't even needed to link him. <laughs> that, wouldn't that be something? It'd be great. It, it'd be a shame for match of the day because he's one of my favourite pundits. Yeah. Though. Well, you might better combine the two. Let's hope so. Gus Poyet got fired live on match of the day, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that? What? And Murphy gets appointed. Yeah. Yeah. To balance it day. up. Oh, do you know that you've got the uh, Fulham job? Oh, oh brilliant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you still got to finish the shift here. Before I forget, can I just say that if Jordan Rose could add goals to his game, he'd be a really good player. <laughs> <laughs> he gets a few, doesn't he? Uh, 140 goals in his last five seasons. It's not too shabby. No, not that too is shabby absolutely obscene. That's, le- uh, that's going up to the beginning of this season. There you go. His last five years, 140 goals. Argue against that? I shall not. No. Um, Derby uh, drew two all with Cardiff. Oli Gunnar he's gone. Yeah, not too surprising. The Cardiff weren't even in the relegation zone when he took over. No, but it's, it's not too surprising. League. Just the, the way the football is. And no, in the Premier League. Oh, when I see when what you he mean. took over, I think they were seventeenth in the Premier League. Yeah. Yeah, not only just now they're eighteenth in the championship. I yeah. think, aren't they? Yeah. What about Leeds? Or sixteenth? Leeds. They, they look as though they're going to be. Um, well, it's all pretty much a done deal at the time of recording. Darko um, Milanic has been given the job. Um, mm. He's only managed uh, mainly in Slovenia. He's managed most recently in Austria with Sturmgrat. It's only one season there. He, he's done a really good job at Maribor, though, hasn't he? They, he did. They, I mean, they won three domestic trophies. I think they won the the triple there. Well, they're in the Champions League now as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's done well there. But I mean, it's one of those questions. How come a guy gets the, a, a good job like Leeds and maybe not a, a British manager yeah I don't want to be too mind sort of you give it three months and it will <laughs> have another chance mate it's plenty of time yeah any managers who fancy taking over Leeds keep your eye on the jobs board there. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I think I, I, don't, I don't want to be jingoistic about with the British manager thing and sound a bit like Paul Ince but like <laughs> the thing is that um, that when you bring a, a manager in from, from that far away and from who's maybe from a different culture it just it's just another variable isn't it mm. it's just another thing to worry about will he settle Will it? Will it? Will it? Will it? Will it transfer? Are, are the skills transferable? Yeah, it's just another thing to worry about. It, at the time, I mean, of course, well, does Chile- he speak the language? Chilino's a disaster. We know that he's an absolute <laughs> horror show. So that aside, Neil Reference actually doing an okay job, isn't he? Yeah, they played really well. They won three 0 Played some good football on the weekend. I mean, but it's obviously. I think I think they've won like three of the last four. They're doing okay. Have they? Yeah, yeah. They are. Give him their job. Yeah. Did you see uh, Grant Ledbetter's goal for Middlesbrough against Brentford? That was an oh, the absolute four-nil. beauty. Mm. Yeah, he's got six and eight from midfield. That was some lovely. They're always his lovely goals. We didn't Ever- even mention Crankhouse free kick. There was so much happening in the Premier League. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. After I slated him last week. That's right, he had a great game. I, I don't want to slate him for the sake of slating him because I think he's a good player. Well, you didn't really slate him, you slated the tactics. He can't play in a central midfield too. I think he was moved a bit further out this game, wider, because Barton was back. Yeah. So I think he's obviously more effective. Free roll. Yeah, exactly. Free roll. Let him oh, do what he wants. Before we go on to, what do you yep. want to do next, La Liga? We could admit a little mention of La Liga. Yeah, before we go on to that, uh, Elliot Coombs uh, Facebooked us mm-hmm. saying, what's Pete's worst habit? Editing. That's hard. I think I, th- I was thinking that he eats quite a lot of weird, smelly food. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, I remember he, used to, he got sent some. Uh, was it biltong? No, he got sent some sort of th- some food from weird food from Thailand, didn't he? Yeah, through just just in the post. We picked it up at work where he works at Absolute Radio, and he went, "Oh yeah, this guy sends me stuff all the time," and just opens a packet and starts munching. I'm like, well, "Hang on, Pete." It was food I've never seen before. Yeah, he's got, a, but it didn't look desirable, and it's you don't know who he's got a huge propensity for for weird food. Yeah, he does. Yeah, I think that's probably his biggest flaw. See, biltong's not very nice. I like talking about him when he's not here. Yeah. <laughs> 
Is he not? He, he, you know, that's a weird thing about. But he could be watching us in some kind of capacity. Up. He could turn up. Of course, drunken purchases. But we all know about that. Yeah, I think that's one of his best. That I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say his, his whimsical uh, drunken purchases. You, just take a moment to imagine <laughs> what he's going to bring back from South Korea. That's something we can all look forward to next Ooh, week. He's yeah. going to bring back from South <laughs> yeah, Korea. Yeah. Be a better question. Well, he's got Japan as well. Yeah, true. He might he might lose it in Japan, but he'll have a chance to um, mm. to get it back. Mm. Magnificent stuff. Um, yeah, should we go into the Liga? Yes. Where are my notes? I'm, I'm, I'm all over the shop here. Oh, yeah, La Liga. Atlete, the drop points at home to Celta Vigo 2 2. Oh, that Hernandez goal was an absolute beauty, wasn't what it? What a wonderful piece of opportunism. Yeah. It just flicked his leg up in the air. Just, if you haven't watched that, you must. The Celta Vigo first goal in the Atletic game. It's the sort of goal that you would think only someone like Zlatan would try. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a bit of that going on, isn't there? Mm. Certainly. Um, the two goals from Atleti, the, the centre backs, Miranda and Godin, scored. That's just, they use the set pieces so well, don't they? They do. I, I think Godin, I mean, I was looking at, thinking about this earlier because Godin's obviously a great, great defender and, and, and stuff, but he's not actually scored that many goals for a defender in his career. But in the last season or so, he's really added that to That's his Simeone, game. That's Simeone, really, his yeah, tactics and, there. And um, I think he scored eight goals last season, yeah. which isn't too bad. And, and, and in crucial, crucial moments. He was linked with a big move to Bayern in the summer as well, which obviously didn't come off. Mm. Um, but that shows how highly he's regarded. That would have been a shame. He's such a danger from set pieces, he really is. Yeah, yeah. In, in, indeed. Um, <laughs> Real Madrid beat the Deportivo 8-2. My giddy aunt Zinedine Zidane's under investigation. People complaining about he doesn't have the relevant qualifications. Oh well, cutting corners again. The big boys, aren't they? That Hernandez goal, the Chicharito goal. Oh, what a beauty off Love the that. bench! That game was amazing. There's so much incident. I genuinely think Deportivo. I watched this back again. Yeah. I genuinely think Deportivo could have scored five or six. Yeah, it could have been eight six. <laughs> it's the same old Real Madrid. What we're bombing on. Fair enough. I, I'm not having a go at them. They scored eight goals. Eight goals. You can't argue with that. Ronaldo's chipped in with another hat trick. A ridiculous header that only he could score. <laughs> Going backwards away from goal, about like 15 <laughs> yards out, heads it into the top corner from a floated cross as well. Um, uh, obviously, Bow got a couple and, and stuff. But I just thought they left the back door open, and Deportivo could have scored so many. Mm, indeed. I don't know what the goalkeeper's doing for that third goal as well. He, he's seen Manuel Neuer the, the day before or something, and thought, oh, "I'm having a bit of this." <laughs> There's two defenders <laughs> there to clear it up. Yeah. The ball is 50 yards out of goal and he still comes out. Yeah. It's absolutely crazy. Well, the, yeah, absolutely. That, that was absolutely wonderful. Defending stuff. is dead. We're talking about long range goals. We have to go at the Bundesliga. Yes. An 83 yarder. <laughs> that's unbelievable. <laughs> it's hard to know how a. Um, it won't surprise you that's a record. The re- yeah, the reason that. Well, I was about to say the reason that record was unlikely to be broken because very, very rarely mm. does an outfield player. I mean, because obviously it's an out- a record for an outfield player. Yeah, sure. Because um, a goalkeeper that we've seen once or twice a boot indeed, out. Indeed. Yeah. It's very rare an outfield player will get a chance to do that. And the reason I like that goal is for um, Paderborn wasn't it it was top of the league it's incredible yeah. they've only got 15,000 seat at the stadium a small club yeah the only reason the only thing I can remember about Paderborn is when it was a few years ago I think Paderborn were the team I'm sorry, I'd never heard of them so they beat Hamburg I think in a cup game a oh well, that was cup. quite an infam- infamous one yeah and it? the referee was then sent to prison for match fixing Bribery, yeah. yeah apart from that I didn't really know much about them but obviously they're top of the league at the moment but the reason I loved that goal was a stopple camp who scored it yeah. said it's because whenever you see a player yeah. presented with an opportunity like that yeah. a lot of times they'll fluff it Balotelli did it a week or two ago yeah. Yeah, snatch at it not him calm yeah. cool but, as a cucumber but the fact that he shot from there people would have a dribble but wasn't it laces 
Yeah. It was perfect. Well, you'd have technique. to be laces. You'd yeah. have to be laces. Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. Well, a toe punt, maybe. But Possibly, it was yeah. it was, it was was in the air. Absolutely wonderful goal. Hmm. Um, and before we leave, uh, in fact, no, we're going to leave Europe. We're going to go quickly to Australia because Vishnu Chari says, uh, what you guys think will happen in the A League this year? Luke, any ideas? Yeah, it's difficult to say. I think the best team will win. Yeah, I do too. Um, uh, and uh, Let's be der- derisive of the A League. Well, I'm let's, not going to pretend that I know not what's going it, on. just belittle it. Now Heskey's gone. Yeah. Our interests have, have, have plummeted somewhat. <laughs> um, but quickly to Brazil, um, there was, uh, oh yeah, Curitiba striker Joel um, disappearing down a hole. I saw that, health. yeah, yeah. My goodness. Yeah. That was he was boring. all right, that one, in the end. Thank goodness he was. Yeah. Don't have, put cones around it. Yeah. Do something. To be fair, it was covered, wasn't it? It just disappeared through it. That was the point. It was covered and he yeah. didn't see the hole because it was covered. <laughs> it was like a trap. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. Um, uh, and then, of course, you've got uh, Watchgate. The, uh, oh, yeah. the the Brazilian Football Federation giving the representatives of all 32 World Cup teams the uh, Parmigiani watches. They're going to have to return them because FIFA ethics um, committee have woken up. I like the idea that even when this is all said and done, yeah. all the people that received them said, "Oh yeah, well, we'll give them back." That's not the point. So basically, you've been caught, so you're given back. It doesn't, that's, that's not the principle of yeah. it. Can we have the bribery money back? That's not allowed. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah no no bother at all. Um, uh, so, uh, so yeah, do we have any more little questions or anything? Yeah, to, I've got a few little to, ones to, to finish off with. Finish off with yeah, yeah we've been, I think we've been talking a long, long time. I think we've done it. Uh, more, Matthew we? Eve says, Who would win in mm-hmm. a bare-knuckle brawl yep. between Ray Winston's virtual disembodied head from that advert <laughs> and Tiggy Rainbow yeah. using Man United's front four as his arms and legs like some kind of humanoid robot? <laughs> Well, the first thing to remember Our is, listenership, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, the first... You could have chosen any question. You've chosen that one. <laughs> that's bad enough. The second thing that's bad is that's got in. Oh, well, it's got to be Tiggy Rain because, because it's well, only just the, first, the head. The first thing to remember, though, you is Ray Winston... with the head. But Ray Winston's big. No, but it's just a head. Tiggy Rain was very small. But it's just a head. Tiggy would run around behind him and, and whack foul cow against his head. Yeah, Tiggy is small, but he's not adverse... Not averse to uh, dirty tactics. Why are we attempting to answer this question? Well, you got you got to fill the questions you're given. You can only answer the questions that are put in front of you. Exactly. Um, so we think Tiggy. Yeah, but we're going Ray Winston isn't to be underestimated. Oh even no, it'll take head. a while. But it'll yeah. be a bit like um, a bit of a NAF computer game when you have got the big boss man who's yeah. clearly more powerful than you. But you just kind of got to work away. And give stay him busy. Enough jabs. Stay busy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And eventually yeah. you'll wind, you, you'll wear him yeah. down. I don't think. I mean, Tiggy. As far as I remember, Tiggy Rainbow was not a tough man. No, he was certainly not a fighter but he was he know, was on security in the union yeah now you're talking in the, in yeah. the bar that says yeah. more about the union than Tiggy Rainbow yeah um, <laughs> I hope that answers your question uh, Matthew um, we've spent a minute of our own valuable audio real estate answering that uh, and just to finish off real quick um, we've got a new little hashtag that sort of sprung up organically oh, yeah. hashtag press room spy Tom Pyman says I was at Sheffield Wednesday on Saturday and can confirm that Ian Dowie likes plenty of gravy on this chicken pie mm. that's As, fair enough to which Peter Selby said uh, no Jeff Shreve's press room antics at Leicester but I can confirm that Martin Keown loves an egg sandwich good man so keep those coming I like an egg and ham sandwich I don't know about you guys but I'd love to ha- I'd love to know more about players mm. like that behind the mm. scenes little media people players pros behind the scenes so keep those coming in you're picking up where I where I dropped the ball you're picking up the ball where I dropped the ball with Zidane not actually noticing what dessert he had remember that yeah in the Champions remember League that. final I saw him having dessert but I, I didn't quite clock what it was and, I, and again I apologise yeah you need to up, up your press room spy game yeah, and just yeah. quickly before we go I'm glad I've inspired people Fred uh, Fred Courtvrend I think that's called uh, that's his name saying um, he was annoyed because he didn't get a name check when he correctly guessed Kevin Keegan talking German on the Mystery Voice a week or two ago I think that went to the spam so sorry about that yep. uh, Fred but you got your mention now so there you go yeah stop spamming it 
sauce. Yeah, yeah. Spam sure, and egg sandwich. Spam. That'd be yeah, that's nice. another one. Um, well, I'll finish off just with an email. I think it's um, for the attention of me, purely looking at the content of it. Hello, the football ramble. My name is. <laughs> My name is Magica Magic, and I look for talented people like you. I had a chance to listen to your joke, and I really enjoyed it. Oh, thanks, so I assume that was one for me. So thanks, thanks um, Mr. Kamagic. Appreciate that. Could be a missus. Could be. Um, uh, so there we are. We, we did it. We got through it. Yeah. Um, please don't give us any feedback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, it, just, it's done, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. We've all got through it together. We fulfilled our contractual obligations. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was lots of fun. It was good. And we'll leave it there. I don't think we need these boys back. Uh, but yeah, if you want to get in touch with... I mean, you've seen the level of... Um, the level of questioning yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure you, you, you can contribute somewhere down the line don't be afraid to send us an email as well yeah. um, uh, the email address is show at thefootballramble.com the twitter is at footballramble and of course the website is thefootballramble.com indeed that's it Luke I think we'll be back with the full house next week will we certainly be three nice, of us anyway it? be nice wouldn't it absolutely um, say goodbye Luke goodbye and it's goodbye from me thank you for, for bearing with it Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.